be doing some winter musings. No specific free format. Free floating like a So with this free format that we're having today, we can basically talk about anything, Mark. You just Yay. showed you just showed me Oh yeah, it's actually a Christmas present from my wife. Oh. She was like, "You know what Mark really needs? This more gadgets. this thing. This, <laughs> yes, this, this thing, thing more gadgets." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So what is it, Mark? Well, well, uh, my, my wife got me a CO2 meter, and it also does uh, measure VOCs, which is uh, toxics that are in the air. So if you like, if you like uh, impregnating stamp stuff or like working with uh, some gas material or just burning a candle, um, there will be some vapor in the air, which is not uh, super friendly. And uh, mm -hmm. so, so it shows those things off. I mean, they have become very popular, I think, these devices uh, since uh, the COVIDs because um, you can measure according to science. So if you know how much CO2 is in the air, you know how often the uh, room is getting aired and how good the airflow is in the room. So the better the airflow in a room, the probably safer it is to stay inside with different people. And I must be honest, I didn't get it for that uh, or didn't get it, or I didn't hope to get one for for that sole reason to keep myself safe. Because uh, right now I'm tucked away in home office, uh, but it, it's just like interesting. I just like metrics, uh, and that's it's just uh, feeding that itch of knowing how good the air quality is and and airing the place and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I haven't actually taken it with to the office, though probably they would be serving the the best. <laughs> Uh, when I'm again with coworkers, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I just found it super interesting, and it's uh, I've heard from friends that uh, if there is a certain flatulence going on, um, okay, it will, okay, it will register, and uh, okay. if it goes to the highest level, there will be an alarm sound. So, so yeah, it also allows you to kind of play a game: who farted? Yeah, yeah, for, for, you could do that, okay. or just just keep it in mind if you ever uh, position it behind the cats, when it's just like uh, so. How it was on the couch, and the cat was lying there, and like every twenty minutes or so, the alarm would be beeping <laughs> up because nice. super silently. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, we also have one of those, um, but it's it's installed into the fire um, meter thing. Okay. Like, yeah. The, the Nest one has that built in. Um, and actually, the, just a few days ago, um, I was... I, I don't like saying minding the kids or taking care of the kids because, like, they're my kids. It's not like I'm a babysitter. <laughs> but... Um, you, you, were, like, you were guarding your property and the kids yes. were there. <laughs> yes, okay. and the wife, the wife was out. Um, <laughs> so at some point, like, I was like, I smell gas. What is this? This is weird. <laughs> coming off a, a COVID infection, smelling was kind of like gone for quite a while. It's slowly coming back. But And I went into the kitchen and apparently the youngest on her parades through the house had, unbeknownst to me, turned on the gas for the stove. And Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That, was, that was fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had to sit here with uh, freezing temperatures outside, doors open. Two kids saying, eh, it's cold in here. 
close the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's either being surely cold or, or uh, yeah, having a yeah. action movie in your own house, which yes, you don't want to have. You don't want to have those. So, Let's light yeah. a candle. See what happens. Yeah. yeah, but but Stephen, talking about lightning candles, and uh, I've seen on Twitter you have built a built-on box now. A, a I think it's something to do with with a contraption. Sorry, a built-on contraption. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> so, so what, what can why? you do with that? Please, please, yeah. please enlighten me. I mean, okay. it looks really yes. pretty. We have to put a link into the show notes because um, I think it was quite a piece. It of was a quality there. build. Quality yeah. build. Thank you. Quality build. Well, if you if you would have witnessed the process, you would have gone. This guy has two left hands, but um, yeah. So what it is, biltong. It's a it's beef jerky. Hmm. But if you say that to a South African, I'm pretty sure they're gonna kill you um, because it's like beef jerky. If beef jerky was spam, and you would want to eat caviar. Basically, like, okay. So it's dried beef. It's dried beef. Yes, that is it. Um, it's far superior to jerky. And um, me and some friends, we've we visited South Africa, and there it's like a a national dish, I guess, um, okay. or a national snack. Um, which it's it goes really well with a lot of things, like just before a barbecue, or maybe with some beer or stuff like that. And because it's it's quite an extensive process because you have to um, brine the meat in vinegar or stuff like that, um, season it, then you have to hang it up in that in somewhere to dry, um, and it takes like three or four days to properly dry, basically, and okay. you're you're losing like half the weight along the way, so it's it's pretty costly in that sense because if if I were to now buy like half a kgs of amazon or something like that because that is i think that's the only place left that actually carries it here <laughs> um you're like 40 euros in or something it's uh okay. it's kind of ridiculous so yeah we we decided me and some friends why why are we not just doing this ourselves and we were in lockdown again so i was bored again and <laughs> decided to yeah just try my hand at making one of these so it's it's a wooden box the picture will show you it has some dowels where you can hang the meat it has a nice door with a glass or well plexiglass pane so you can watch what happens there's a heat element and a computer fan in there and a little control unit that says if it's below a certain temperature turn on the heat element so okay yeah did, did you did you do any smartphone gadgetry that interconnects nope. with it so i did not there is no iot involved because no a, IoT. i'm not i'm not very good at iot and b because that little temperature module i mentioned is like 15 bucks and requires zero programming it's just it has a little temperature sensor that you stick into the box and and no really no nothing no no wi-fi it just, no. no it just works mark <laughs> But you could set up a webcam. Don't overcomplicate it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. Well, I could. Well, I, I was a uh, so, so the, the CO two meter that I got. It does not actually have any interface except a visual oh. indicator. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I, I checked it out. So the 
they say it's a Swiss sensor that they're building into there. <clears throat> and I know one Swiss company that produces a lot of these sensors. So I actually went online to look and you could get one of those sensors and hmm. got me thinking, I just say it got me thinking because, um, yeah, I mean, you could, you could do so many cool things, right, with those things. It's just like, yeah. But then again, yeah. I just saw a tweet the, the other day from someone, I, I forgot his name, he he ordered, um, what was it, uh, numeric displays, you know, where you can get like mm-hmm. the one and the eights, you know, like on a calculator. And he said he bought them, now he just has to find a, a project to, to integrate them into. And I just thought like... That's, that's one so, way of doing it. Yeah, I'm, but, you know, I mean, I can see how you get into that fallacy, right? I mean, you're in the store, you see it's, like, cheap, and it's, like, really cool, and then you just get it, and, yeah, I mean, it would just pile up in my home, and I would then have another argument with my wife, probably, why I'm piling up in the office. Yeah, that yeah I think building this box has been... The package delivery service wasn't really happy with me because like all the stores were closed so i had to order everything online and i think there's were like 15 different things delivered from different locations and my co2 footprint isn't really good on this box i guess <laughs> well as soon as you say the word beef usually your co2 footprint is not anymore that good just, just no no i'm yeah. i'm indeed not even going to go into the cow that I ordered and <laughs> all that stuff. The cow. Let's not do that. The How cow. big is your box? How big is your box? <laughs> uh, 75 centimeters. Yeah, I don't know how many feet that is. In I think it's about a bit of two and a half feet, maybe. I two, think two and foot, a bit, a f- yeah. A foot is like, I think, around 30 30-ish. centimeters. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but don't quote me on that one. Nope, yeah. but... I'm going to try and make a batch before our next recording, and so, I'll so either just... be dead or I'll <laughs> say it was great. Well, I mean, I, I think you will put it into the outside, right? So usually, so just saying, your house probably won't go on fire. Yeah, yeah, that'll uh, that'll probably work. So okay. yeah, we're we're going to see how that works. So this this is like CO two meters, and and these are all side projects. Have Have you actually been doing? You mentioned it already. Actual coding, something actual that involves coding. coding. Well, uh, apart from my day job, um, so every every yeah, well. December, I get like super excited by this advent of code. I think it's I've catched on more and more. I can see a lot of people are partaking in it, and uh, some people that try to solve it with the fewest amounts of code others they uh, try to highlight how you could do such a coding challenge doing clean code or, or highlighting some language features i'm just trying to solve the problem somehow whatever solution comes up and it's usually like it's like so the first few days are like like super easy you know like you can solve them you know like i don't know in 10 15 minutes sometimes uh and then you got some of these challenges they will just take you like half a day because you like do 3D trigonomics and you have Ooh. to then rotate matrices and all stuff like that. And yeah, it can it can be sometimes quite challenging. But every December, I always think like, well, maybe this year, maybe this year I'll be solving all of them. And every year it's like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. But it's still, I mean, I, I think it's like great fun because uh, so, so some things that I learned is like parsing stuff. Um, so usually when I have to parse something, it's like, json deserialize or json serialize or xml or or whatever and and you already got those things written for you and so here you sometimes in 
like learn the string operations that are already present uh, in .NET. So I solved mine using F Sharp, but that's mainly because I try not to uh, forget too much F Sharp because during my day job I use a lot of C Sharp. And yeah, you just like learn some of the basic structures while going along. I even learned some regex. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not. Ooh. I'm not saying I could still read the regex that I wrote to solve some of the <laughs> riddles. But that was, uh, I think that was last year, this year, I, I managed to stay clear from regex. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you, can, you can do them. I, I don't know. I just I just like solving these riddles. And I've even saw that there, you can, there's a website. Uh, I'll make sure it's in the show notes where you can play like games or like you, you get a coding challenge. And then when it runs, uh, there's like a nice image animation, animation running through that then shows how you progress in the game or even have to, uh, put in certain uh, like control structures that you will not hit, hit something, stuff like that. And um, yeah, in the end, you're still coding, and it's like a bit cheeky to say that you're making a game, but it looks nice <laughs> when 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 a simulation runs or the test run. So that's something. And and I, I think it's also like they like these coding challenges they can do in team or like uh, even for job interviews. And uh, yeah, it's just it keeps you a bit on your toes. I'm not saying it's like my everyday programming because usually. You don't have to do a lot of uh, error handling and ensuring that the input will not be in a malicious format unless the puzzle is uh, set up in a certain way. But yeah, I mean, usually it's uh, you you focus on on different parts of a, of a problem there, and yeah, I I do them for fun. And yeah, I don't know. Are you, did you are you into these things, Stephen? I don't know. I, uh, no, no. Um, like, I, it's not like I'm not into coding, but um, <laughs> the, these these separate challenges, not so much. I must admit, I was, I, I was just thinking as I have this tendency that if I want to do something real quick, I pop up a console app and just write it out real quick, do it, and then that's like a, a one-off or maybe once every so often off type of thing. And I I just inventoried and I have like 40 of those lying around now <laughs> for all sorts of small different things. So I, I have actually been thinking of what if I were to make that into a actually decent console app that could just have some sort of CLI type thing where you just say, I want to do this and that. These are the parameters. But even even then, like my evenings are too precious to also spend them coding. I guess <laughs> at this <laughs> point, like the, the kids go to bed at at seven ish, and then I myself at eleven ish, maybe. So yeah, yeah, time is scarce. Uh, I can I I totally feel you there. I mean, I think you, there's always so many fun, cool things that you could do, and in the end, mm-hmm. um, I think it's. I mean, in, in my downtime, if, if I do any coding, I, I try to look that it's something that I also enjoy and not something that I feel uh, that would be cool or that, uh, oh, this would um, make an excellent blog post. So I will I will explore this uh, just for the sake of exploring it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's really important when you do something in your downtime that you also have some fun doing it. And that's also why, uh, so I think last year, I really tried to grind through all the puzzles in sequence and I... I don't remember like this year, I, uh, a few mornings, I, I opened up the coding puzzle. And I just went like, nope, 
I will not even try. I, I know that this, <laughs> because, you know, once you get going, I mean, these, these things, they really just suck me in, you know, like once you start thinking in your head, how could I do this? And then it's like half a day is gone, but you haven't solved it yet. And then you, you still got like appointments with friends, you know, that, I mean, friends, real life. I mean, wow, just don't do that. Uh, but yeah, and, and then, and then you got, so, so yeah, it's just, sometimes it's just, I think not worth it because you just know like, yeah, I, I think I know where this will go. And yeah, I think it will be a bit too much for my, for my time, but others, they, they, they really like that. And I mean, if you've got the time and, and, and it's worth it for you, I mean, all, all to you. Um, just, just do it. Definitely, definitely. I'm sure you'll learn something of them. That, uh, that's, that's always the case. At least when I code something, I always yeah. at least learn something. Speaking about spending time to, to enjoy, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you, you did some, some computer games over Christmas, New Year, no? Or what, what's new um, on that front, Stephen? Well, I mentioned last episode we had COVID over Christmas as a whole family, so it was. Mm. Uh, Cozy indoor life. Um, so yeah, I did spend some time playing computer games. I I will I will admit it. It happened. Uh-huh. Um, my my son actually now also is getting into the the flow of things with the Paw Patrol games, which is a okay. children's show. You might yeah yeah I've heard about might dogs, not be familiar right? with it. Yes, it's dog yeah doggies. Um, but he's like he's. You have this analog stick on the controller, and he's just supposed to move that, but he just moves the entire thing, like waving it around in the air, hoping it <laughs> goes where he go. He want to go. He's he wants to go. But yeah, it's it's fun. Um, but in 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 real games, well, these are real games, but not for people like us, I suppose. Um, it was actually announced today, as we are recording this, just. Mere hours ago, I think, um, that Microsoft, our good friends, have acquired mm. Activision Blizzard, which is a huge company with yeah. games ranging from Diablo to Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, all that kind of stuff, to World of Warcraft, Starcraft. I can go on and on. Overwatch, I think, is also a pretty big one at this point. Wow. But yeah, it's it's a bunch of franchises, and you probably want to know how much money did Microsoft have to pay for that? It was just just seventy billion casual dollars. Seventy just like seven oh billion yes. dollars with a D. Yes. Wow. Well that's so that's, uh, uh, that's quite a yeah. bit of, of cash <laughs> to to say it one way. Yeah, but I mean, I, I remember I I've spent. I mean, when I in my youth, I used to play a lot of Diablo two. Way too much, way too much. But then I got out before World of Warcraft struck. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So probably they, showing uh, my age, but yeah, but they made a remake of Diablo two. I I heard recently, and I was a yes, bit scared yes. because I just saw my free time like going like bye bye. <laughs> I was I was just looking um, at this list of GDPs by country, and apparently there are. Roughly 70 countries out of the 190 that have a GDP above 70 billion. So <laughs> they just bought the majority of the countries in the world, basically. Um, okay. Well, that's one way of putting it. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, Uruguay, Croatia, Slovenia, you name it, 
they bought it. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Diablo 2 um, remastered thing. I absolutely loved Diablo 2 when it came out. I was like, how long is that ago? Way too long. I don't even want to know, actually, I think. But um, not, I, spent, <laughs> I spent the majority of my, uh, of my days back then playing Diablo 2, grinding forever and ever for gear um, to actually no end, basically, because it, you finally get the gear and then what? You're going to do the same thing that you've been doing, grinding but with a bit different gear, so a bit quicker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, That apparently they did change a lot of the graphics and they improved that side of things. But the mechanics mostly stayed the same, meaning it would still just be that same old grind with the same old bugs, sometimes even still taking in, <laughs> taking over into the new thing. Um, so I, I just couldn't set myself to it. I mean, I just don't have that same amount of time to spend, so yeah yeah for well, the nostalgia maybe like an evening but yeah but I, I, I remember like diablo 2 i think you really had to play like i don't know a couple of days maybe or or, or, or evenings until like your character at a certain level so it started to make fun i mean at the beginning you were just yeah 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 i would always grab a friend who had a higher level character yeah, right. and he would just yeah, power right. me through and oh no yeah there you go now i'm going down memory lane right you would tag along you so you would create a new character you'd tag along with friends and then you would just level up power level would, it up yeah. yeah they would just kill everything and you would just stand somewhere in the corner to not get hit <laughs> yep yeah, yeah so uh those yeah that that's how we got through diablo um <laughs> yeah and now we're here now we're here now another thing that I've been uh, playing around a bit with uh, is is obviously Maui, and uh, yeah, I mean the, a new update has been released on at the beginning of January, uh, update seven, yeah. and I think we should. Um, I think I said in Q one we should then come to the preview phase, release candidate phase, one of them. Um, we're, we're in the preview phase right now, so okay, so I would say release candidate probably. Um, yeah. So so a little bit like uh, release candidate. So so like. I'd, the versions will get more stable, and so they will be firing towards uh, the release, which should be then in Q2 of this year. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, right now I'm not doing any any serious applications with it. It's my it's just like small things playing around. But I I must say I've been looking under the hood. And I think you too, Stephen. I mean the the whole handler stuff. Um, I just peeked a little blog post on your blog there. What? Um, yeah, just you know, I just was. Saying hello, and I said, "Okay." Really? And I had a look okay. over it, and yeah, I mean, I think the handlers is like really one area that is uh, that really highlights how they have improved, like the structuring of how the implementation is done. Yeah, definitely, it's a uh, it's a lot of under the hood things that they changed up, obviously. Um, whereas in the previous render architecture, everything was tightly coupled and. Um, you had to register all your renderers and and that would incur some overhead on the performance side of things and like there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that you probably don't even know about when you're registering a handler or a, a renderer um, and it just never really was that intuitive like I want to change this one property so I'm gonna create this whole new rendering pipeline for this control to change this one property it's i don't know it never really felt uh very fluent 
so to speak. Um, so yeah, they're now doing that whole handler thing where they're basically abstracting everything away into interfaces, which does the whole decou decoupling thing. Um, and also then uh, already provide you with all sorts of different handlers. And you can basically just use a, a mapping dictionary type thing where you can change certain properties by giving them a method that needs to be called when uh, when something happens. So it's it's a lot of under the hood changes and I don't think a podcast is the best um, probably not, probably medium, not. medium to go into the code side of things of that. But yeah, they did definitely improve a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on that end. Yeah, but just like remember, like in the Zarin Force, uh, there was a there was a an error. It's it's died a bit down since then. But you, literally every app that you wrote somewhere had a custom renderer, and yep. I, I remember like if you if you knew how to write write the button renderer, it didn't really help you if you then had to write another renderer because that sometimes had a completely different structure, and that was like. That could be quite confusing. And now I'm, I just like, I popped the hood and I had a bit of a look at the handlers and it looks like really, you got like all these interfaces and then you open up the buttons in the interface and you think like, oh, um, this is not an exact quote. I don't have it in front of me right now. Oh, only five properties to implement. And then you see, and then you see, oh, there's another interface, another interface. So, so it sums up. But um, I think it makes it like easier if, if the Maui team would ever decide to adopt few, even more platforms or if you, uh, as a as a community uh, would go along and say, ah, oh, we I think it would be like really cool if we would also add something like I don't know Linux or web to to the to the mix uh, where Maui could run up on. Uh, I think that's become easier. I mean, I know it's been doable before with Saren Force, but I just think it was like a bit more confusing to get there. Yeah. Another thing I've I've actually been looking at is um, we had Brandon on the show a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. And uh, so I actually tried out this uh, coded UI approach. Just you did, yeah, yeah. It Mark. was, yeah. It was actually. It wasn't even that far from home for me um, because I, I already. I think I already mentioned it there on the show. I, I used to write some apps only with coded UI, like uh, some native iOS apps back in the days, uh, written in C sharp, but you know, like uh, platform specific iOS implementations. And yeah, um, yeah, it it's it felt familiar. Uh, it's really cool that you can do everything in C sharp. It's I think like uh, making little control that you then just snatch in is is for me sometimes nearly easier because it's all C sharp. But uh, it, it also is a bit strange just because I've been used <laughs> to do this so long in XAML. And of course, you you don't really get any preview right now. So it's like. Uh, if you if you have to do a pixel perfect thing like I move the button or I make the the margins a bit bigger and all that, it's like, yeah, stop, rebuild, um, all that stuff. Talking of which, I think I really have to check out Comet because I think they got like the live preview built in there, and it's also very coded UI like. And that might be the next thing that I'm going. But since Maui's preview and Comet nice. is preview and Comet is building on top of Maui, I'm just yeah, yeah. You said it before, you know, like, I don't have any kids that are going to bed, but I also at one point going to bed after work. And it's just like, yeah, Amazon <laughs> Precious. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to buy that one. But I know David Altino, he's been doing quite a few, like, blog posts and also, like, small videos where he just highlights how it is. And I definitely want to check those out. And uh, if I see that it's that it's not too much pain, I'll, I'll give it a go. Because I really like the MVU style. Um, I did I did it before in uh, with F-Sharp and Fabulous. And... Uh, 
I think it's re a really cool way how to think about the app, like just think more in states and stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, I haven't checked it out. I must admit, but it's it's also like this this case of preview upon preview kind of stuff, right? I mean, when when are you actually going to take a look at it? Obviously, if you're really techie, you can go into the previews, and you just have to expect that things might not really work 100% all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, no, I haven't been able to dive into that kind of stuff just just yet. Also a time thing, but um, I'd, I'd love to see things a bit closer to the end goal, I guess. Yeah, but see, this is where IoT could come in. I mean, you could make like a little, I don't want to say stupid, but a little stupid device that just does really <laughs> nothing. And then you just write a little UI on top of it and that you then do with whatever, whatever preview you want to do. And I think that could actually work out because, I mean, the the uh, other sides of the Maui framework, like HTTP or Bluetooth or stuff like that, they they haven't really touched a lot of going there, so that would still be the same as with a Zarin Forms app. But you could then really like focus a bit on on the UI. But it's nothing like super complex. I mean, sure, you could probably go onto Dribble and find a super fancy, uh, I don't know, sensor reading UI, and then and then you build that in and knock yourself out in it. But I mean, I think it just gives you like a a feel for the stuff that is going on. Yeah, now, definitely. Stephen, before we came into the studio, on the way to studio, you you said about something about setting up CDNs. Why? Why yes, would you do that? Yes. <laughs> well, why not, Mark? No, I've, I've actually um, I have a maybe other people have that as well a um, Azure storage container type thing. These podcasts yeah. actually are. This in podcast a is actually running on a storage container. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so that has basically triggered, well, I have one and that was just, it has a lot of files on there. Um, and I just wanted to experiment with that kind of stuff because Azure is also one of those things that I think is super interesting and can do so many things, um, Ooh, that yeah. it's just not, fu not funny anymore. How many things <laughs> you can do with it. Um, but I always just wanted to, to see if I could set that up, um, have some caching on there. Um, that kind of stuff is, is kind of nice. A custom URL instead of that whole dot blob, dot core, dot Microsoft, dot net slash blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, so I just decided, why not? Let's tick the CDN box, um, How see, hard see it what be? it does. How hard can it be? And it actually wasn't hard. This, oh. it just kind of amazed me. Like it, it just was actually filling a few fields, picking a pricing tier. Obviously, that that always comes up at some point, um, and it it doesn't really cost that much, even to be honest. Um, and oh, then I I thought custom URL, how hard can it be? Um, <laughs> so so you set up a C a C name record in your DNS of your your hosting thingy. Um, so I put it under a subdomain and that actually worked straight away as well. And then I was mm. like, HTTP is, is kind of lame, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs yeah. to be secure. Um, and there was this button in Azure that just said, create HTTPS and I, we will do all the things. We will ask for a certificate. We will renew it. We will do everything for you. Click the button and like 15 minutes later, bada boom, bada bing. 
It was like oh, wow. it was I was I was baffled by the the ease. Actually. I just want to say, I mean, usually when someone says CDN, it's not like I ticked a box and then I thought custom name and then I just did it quickly and then I still added a SSL certificate which will also renew. I mean, usually that's like. Yeah, I'll be I'll be gone for the next couple of months. Uh, you will hear a lot of swearing from me, and uh, it's not <laughs> you; it's the thing that I'm just working on. So that that sounds seriously cool. Um, I, I've heard that. Yeah. I think Asher has done a quite uh, the teams in Asher have done quite a bit of work to to enable those things, and I think it's it's super cool. I mean, uh, we use a lot of Let's Encrypt uh, when we self host uh, our ASP.NET Core stuff, which also does the the auto renew. But uh, having this like built into a cloud service, um, I I can see how that's uh, super cool. So yeah, yeah, and and obviously, I mean, it's it's Azure doing things on Azure for you through Azure. So like that that whole path <laughs> should be kind of what is it yeah. ubiquitous to yourself? Like just make it happen. I don't really care what you're doing in the background. I, I, I know, I know. And I mean, I, I also understand why people sometimes get frustrated, but I mean, in the end, it's probably not just one person that's behind Azure and it's probably more than nope. one team that's behind Azure. Mm. And I mean, having all these teams and, and human beings talk and synchronize with each other, it sometimes takes a lot of work to to make it happen. But I mean, I, sure. Um, I, I think yeah, it's really cool when it when it then when it then does work. I mean, that's also like one of the reasons uh, why I also really like buying into the Apple ecosystem. I mean, I know I'm in a walled garden when I do that because it's like sometimes really hard to then break out of the Apple's ecosystem and also have something else that talks nicely with it. But if it works well, you know, just saying it's okay. I'll. I'll survive. And uh, yeah, so same goes, I think, for these Azure services. I mean, in the end, you probably could build them on your own and you could stay independent and stuff. But hey, the day, yeah, the day only has 24 hours and uh, feel free to spend them how you want to, I guess. But cool, cool option. Cool option there, Stephen. Definitely. So speaking of cool option, you you mentioned Sonar Cube just yeah. before the show, and <laughs> yeah, we we talk about these shows, so obviously we need to. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So um, last last year, uh, .NET six came out and C sharp ten, and I have just started a new project uh, in December, and we thought, hey, we will do C sharp ten. You know, all the new goodness and hotness, and uh, .NET 6 is a long-term supported version, so another reason why, why we opted for that. And uh, so at work, I don't have one for private stuff. Um, whenever we do pull requests, we have the SonoCube checking stuff, and the new namespaces uh, was not supported in the LTS version of SonoCube. Mm. So a lot of uh, so we got a lot of uh, very strange errors, but it seems like the, the, if you go with the current version, also in a cube, uh, it actually understands C sharp ten, so that was solved. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was fun when you made a PR and suddenly Sonic Cube just exploded in your face, not being happy with <laughs> how you write your code. So well, it seems, yeah, it's uh, I've used it, and it's it's really interesting. But I feel like this this whole um, I don't know how how exactly they call the file. The, the definition file, so to speak, of what you wanna, what you wanna test for or analyze, um, 
setting that up, I think that was that was where we kind of dropped the ball because it was giving like tens of thousands of warnings and things, and it it just became hell to plow through. Um, <laughs> yeah, mm. and it's also one of those things like maybe it was just everywhere where I everywhere where I've worked, but it's not one of those things that they're gonna say take a week to figure it out. It'll be fine. And and it's always like an afterthought, at least where I've been so far. I um, I know where you're coming from. And uh, using a tool like Cernocube as an afterthought is probably not the best idea because uh, the, the I think the best benefit is you got a person on your team that already knows how to configure Cernocube because that was uh, my case. <laughs> I had I was like super fortunate there. So so um, it already got set up, and then it's like try to use it from day one because uh, if you don't set it up and you have too much code, I mean, Sonocube will analyze all the new code, but uh, so the first PRs can be brutal uh, because it will just point <laughs> out all the things that are not nice. But everything uh, sucks. Yeah, and it, but it also will keep a record, so it'll tell you well you got so much technical debt, and you even get an estimate how long it will take to to clean that stuff up. So. That is, um, so, so, I mean, that's just something that I, I, I really like. But yeah, if you if you really work together with it, and there's also like the option that it will give feedback as as comments on a pull request on Android DevOps, that can be very useful because I mean, you, you just make a PR and it's just like someone writes comments as if you were reviewing your code, and then you can just apply it. I mean, I'm not saying that Sonocube is always right with the comments, but you can also then go ahead and say, I won't fix this. Can you leave a comment? Uh, stuff like that so it's uh you see uh then also a log about stuff that was going on and you can also like if there's ever a critical security issue uh it will be highlighted like uh, whenever you use a uh, random number generator it will say this is not the secure version of random generator are you sure you want to proceed with this and then you can say yes because this is only a sample code and i'm totally fine with that but yeah i i really like it and and i must also say like working with c sharp 10 there are some really cool features in there, and I have noticed that when I uh, did a Xamarin Forms app, um, I'm doing a little one. Um, it did not want to accept any C sharp ten, so um, I, I might have to have another go at that one. But I can use uh -oh. C sharp nine, but uh, no C sharp ten for the moment. But yeah, hmm. another thing I've actually been looking at. Uh, speaking of uh, C sharp, is actually C sharp scripting. Uh, I've been doing quite a few of those uh, at work. And it's actually really interesting what you can do with uh, C Sharp, like in an interpreted way. Uh, I know Mike James, uh, he's, he used to work for Xamarin. Now he's an Azure advocate at Microsoft. Um, he, he wrote a really great blog post highlighting like all the stuff that you can do. I mean, Roslyn really um, has brought in so much more power to do this stuff. And you can restrict namespaces so that you can't really do any reflection or go against the file system, stuff like that. So that's that's like super interesting. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe one day we'll make a show about scripting or stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's been another thing that I've been touching upon. I think we're coming to the end of the show, Stephen. So anything you still want to let to know or anything you, you were still working on? I, I'm just going to come out here and say, I've been working on an app and I've said last year that I would deploy it to the store. I hadn't done it. I'm procrastinating. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's the whole COVID scene and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I just, meh. 
I zone out. I don't want to do things, I guess. But yeah, it's. Uh, I hope it's coming this year. I'm not going to make another promise, but I, uh, I should actually do it probably. Okay, so you I've... move the to the you, you move the to do dates from 2021 to 2022. Sounds fair. I do that sometimes with some to dos. So it's like just forward move it up today, a year today, 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 and suddenly it's like two months have gone by, and the only thing I did with that task is shove it along. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's the procrastination station for me at least. But it's I don't know. It, I, there's no real reason. I mean, the thing is almost done. I, I probably, if I spent a good day fixing the last bits and bobs, it should be good to go. And I have an app in the store then. I mean, yeah. I've never had an app under my own name in the store. That's, That's true. That's, uh, I never have that. That's actually... It's something. It's something. It's something. And it might I mean, be something if... to look forward to in 2022. Maybe not. No pressure. Yeah, if if I wait long enough, I can just rewrite it again in Maui. I mean, oh, that sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> that's a way to do it. Yeah, that's uh, a way to do it. Yeah, you know, I really wanted to release it, but now, now it's just now, nah, just wait till Maui's yeah. out, and then, and, then I'll, and then I'll and then I'll wait till the second release of Maui comes along because you know yeah, you never know yeah. because just you know don't trust fee ones. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's all, even if it's super great, no bugs. Just don't trust that one, and then yeah. No, it. I'll. I'll make it happen. I'm not gonna go on record. Oh wait, damn it! Damn it! <laughs> I just. I just went on record. Damn it! No, it'll. It'll turn out well, probably, maybe. So yeah, on that cheery note, we are at the end of our podcast for this week, year. Who knows? We're procrastinating after all. If you have any winter musings of your own that you want to interject feel free to reach out on Twitter. We are reading all the DMs. We're not forwarding them to Gerald anymore. We've been your hosts, Stephen Davison. It's Mark Hallibon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Stay safe. And until next time on Null Pointers. Mm-hmm.